Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Jeremy Ring. He's a former state senator and an author. This is Technotopia. Are you hiring? Are you posting your position on job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? This episode of Technotopia is sponsored by ZipRecruiter, and they knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. These invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive, so you never, ever miss a great match. The right candidates are out there. ZipRecruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. It is free if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash techno. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash techno. ZipRecruiter.com slash techno. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Jeremy Ring. He's former state senator from Florida and the author of a book called We Were Yahoo. Uh, welcome, Jeremy. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, so so you're... You're a state senator from Florida, but you also once worked for Yahoo. Is that is that uh, that being high tech and low tech like that? Does that that, that was that sort of like a uh, cognitive dissonance for you? In a lot of, <laughs> you know, I can you know here's the difference. And in, in the business world, you you both started two sep- you you started the uh, uh, two separate ends of the table, and you you try to work closer and closer to get to some sort of agreement. You may not always get there. In politics, you start at two ends of the table and you just walk the other way. Okay. <laughs> you know, and that, that's kind of the difference. You're not trying to get to agreement, unfortunately, in the political world as much as you are in the business world. But that said, there's certainly a lot of similarities. And I, I don't want to um, – in a lot of those lessons I, I, I had at Yahoo, I did take into politics. Interesting. So why don't we talk – why don't you tell me a little bit about the book first and then we'll talk about some of those lessons um, and basically how – I think the interesting thing would be to hear to talk about how – business uh real business as opposed to the business that we're dealing with right now uh can help and and improve politics and and vice versa so why don't we just talk about the book first though sure um so a little bit my background when i was 25 years old i was living in new york i opened the east coast office for yahoo out of my apartment and i was the first salesperson hired worldwide by the company before i relocated and to build a team out in silicon valley Uh, this is called We Were Yahoo. It's about the rise and fall of Yahoo um, and how the fall of Yahoo helped drive Google and Facebook. Um, at its height of five years into its existence, the company was valued at $120 billion at the time, more than Ford, Chrysler, and General Motors combined. We have one of the great brands in the world and over a billion people across the world using our service as we pioneered the entire um, um, kind of digital information world. But there were a number of missteps made, most of them uh, around Google and Facebook, actually. Um, Google and Facebook today are a combined value of $1.2 trillion. Yahoo, uh, uh, in the late 90s, turned down acquiring Google for $1 million <laughs> um, at the time, which that story has been reported. But what hasn't been reported is a few years later when Google um, hadn't yet become a verb, but was a growing company. and had a lot of familiarity behind it, had another chance to buy them probably for around $6 billion and offered them $3 billion, allowing Google to walk away and become an independent company. 
Um, at the time, think about this, had Yahoo acquired Google, there's no Google. And I'm going to come back to that in a, in a moment, how important that is. But in addition to those kind of missteps, um, Yahoo was late uh, for reasons, um, uh, not laziness, um, for decisions they made or misguided decisions not to do a paid search program. Mm -hmm. Google did do a paid search program. It turned into about an $80 billion a year revenue business called AdWords. And I can make a case it's the greatest business model ever created on earth. Um, and in addition to that, Yahoo helped build Google because they made Google their backend search. So every search on Yahoo actually was a search to Google. So they delivered them all their initial traffic. So if you're not going to buy your competitor, certainly don't build them. And then you can the greatest <laughs> model of all time. Well, it's like it was like a cuckoo bird. It's like the the the, the bird that laid the egg in the uh, in the other other bird's nest, and then just kind of pecked all the other eggs to death. You would think, but if if it was just one mistake, you know, it's one thing. But you <laughs> I know, guess it was a lot of eggs. It was a lot of it was a lot of eggs. I mean, not buying Google, you could just call Tuesday for them. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, with Facebook, uh, a few years later, and this was after the first team had left, the second team. Um, they had a chance to buy Facebook for $1.1 billion, and they had a deal negotiated, and at the last minute, they overplayed their hand, uh, lowered the cost that they were going to offer Facebook, allowing Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook to leave the negotiating table, walk away, and become an independent company forever. So for uh, let's put aside the million dollars they didn't buy for Google because no one knew what Google would be, but when they didn't acquire them for, say, $6 billion, when they probably had every reason to and 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 didn't acquire Facebook for one billion. That's seven billion dollars uh, versus two companies that are not only worth one point two trillion dollars today, but they control our lives in so many ways. And imagine a world, think about this for a minute, where Google and Facebook don't exist. Google mm -hmm. assuredly would not exist had Yahoo acquired them. Facebook would most likely be in just a shell of itself, if that. So the world would be a, a lot different today had Yahoo executed at the negotiating table. Hmm. Yeah, that's wild. That's really wild. Um, mm -hmm. What what did it take to get from you sitting in an apartment in, in New York to to the position to be that Yahoo was in when it was kind of in the catbird seat for a while? What did, what 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 came together at that point in time? Well, you know, I always like to say luck lights the fuse, but skill skill builds it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think what came together was the brand had tremendous power. It became viral. Um, it was, uh, you know, I in, in 2018, I'd call it the Uber test. Meaning does the every Uber driver talk about it? Mm -hmm. You know, when you get Uber car and whatever the test was in 1996, that you know we were passing that. And um, and Yahoo did made some very smart moves in the early years, um, expanding globally, uh, offering opening offices in different countries, which was, you know, it doesn't seem unique today, but it was pioneering for internet companies back then. Mm -hmm. They were the first uh, uh, internet company to actually buy an ad on the Super Bowl. Uh, again, doesn't sound so exciting today, but very pioneering, uh, you know, in the moment. They took search uh, uh, and expanded to kind of try to. Uh, involve themselves with people's daily habits and you had products like yahoo finance and yahoo news and yahoo sports which became extremely successful and, and probably still are mm -hmm. um so i think it was really smart to integrate themselves into the into users habits um so i think a lot of those things added to what became a complete juggernaut uh so much so that 
I said earlier it was worth more than Ford, GM, and Chrysler combined. It was also worth more than Disney, Viacom, and News Corp combined. Mm -hmm. um, it was, it was, and, and it was arguably the highest profile publicly traded company in the world during those years. Sure. Our earnings reports, you know, were made, made global headlines. They were front page of the New York Times every quarter when we announced earnings. So, so I think it, it, it became, it became more than a company. It became, um, you know, a, a mission. And that mission was to usher in the entire global information age. Is there anything that future companies can take away from what happened to Yahoo that, that can help them avoid the fate? Or was this a very specific series, your chain of events, I guess? No, I think it was both. Um, but I think there's a lot of things uh, in the Yahoo story that companies um, uh, can look, look to as lessons. You know, I, I, I guess the best lesson I can talk about is paid search. You know, back in the day, uh, remember you and I, I, I don't know how old you are, but there was something called newspaper and magazines. Oh, those. Yeah, I remember those. Those are cool. Yeah. Yeah. They were way old. It was like the Dewey Decimal System, mm -hmm. you know, way, way back in the day. Um, but there was a very good rule back then. And that rule was advertising and editorial were separated. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that was a rule that we all accepted. Well, when the Internet came, uh, the gray part of the Internet of, of search engines was actually search. Was it advertising or was it editorial? Um, Yahoo had had a lot of people who came out of the print world and they viewed search as um, as, as advertising. Therefore, they didn't want to try to monetize search. Hmm. Google looked at it, said, no, no, this is an empty whiteboard. We're going to create our own rules. Not only did they look at search as as uh, obviously they looked at it as advertising and content together and they were so successful. They never really compromised the user experience. Users were never. Uh, really question that paid search came to the top of the page and and it just became accepted so i think that mistake of kind of falling on history instead of creating your own new rules um is certainly one that i would take uh, uh that any new company any entrepreneur could, should kind of look to it's one it's okay to look past but you don't be afraid to create your own rules and, and i think that's probably the best example of where i can see a misstep um based upon you know, history versus based upon the, what this new medium was. This new medium was not just a newspaper on the computer screen. It had the possibilities and potential to do much more, and Google saw that before Yahoo. I mean, it's interesting, this this idea of uh, iconoclastic action, I think is... I think is kind of writ large right now in the culture. Everybody is... Everybody's trying to destroy the old institutions. I mean, I feel, I feel actively bad that I used to work for Gizmodo, and that I basically destroyed uh, Computer Shopper, PC Magazine, all these all these great titles that I used to read when I was a kid. Um, they went, they just died because of what we were doing over at Gizmodo and Engadget, and then Verge, and et cetera, et cetera. Yep. And it's um, how how do you how do you conserve uh, the best and make sure that it doesn't get in, get in the way of um, of new the new best, I guess. I mean, there's a lot of talented people that were in, you know, you can talk about the Ziff Davis publications mm -hmm. and some of the other ones you talked about, Computer World. And, and, you know, you could take a lot of those talented people and move them over to a new, whatever the new paradigm, you know, at the time, at the time is. I don't think you can, you know, you can't fall back on, 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 on how, I don't want to say new technology because that's too, too cliche. 
but where I'd rather say where adoption is going, you can't you can't take adoption and hold it and hold it back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, look, let's be real, and, and we're going to get probably way away from the book, but you know, it's just a matter of a few years before there'll be nobody really working in the McDonald's anymore. It'll be all robotic, right? Mm-hmm. Are, are we going to step back and say we got to try to save those jobs? Well, we're not going to be able to. It's a typhoon that's a, that's coming at us, and we're not going to be able to stop it. We just have to work within it. Um, and, and when you say there's one people that want to forget the past, I mean, sometimes yes, but I think there's a lot of people in Washington that would vote against the United States highway system today if it came before them. So, you know, I, I think there's people that want to take us back to the 19th century and there's people that, uh, uh, obviously want to get ahead to the 25th century. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone has stepped back to look at the middle ground. Interesting. Yeah. So how do we uh, how do we take how do we take the lessons that you've learned and how do we take the lessons that we're learning right now, uh, I guess, politically and in the business world and and take those forward? Uh, I like I like to I like to focus on Yahoo a little bit, but I think that might be a little bit backward looking. What what would you recommend for for folks who are trying to change things over the next couple couple decades, I guess? Well, I mean, if we stay away from I'll come back to politics in a moment. Sure. But if, if, if we look at the innovators, um, you know, I, I think change is done in a way that we evolve. I don't think it's done when you have to look at a true behavioral change. I'm, I'm 47 years old. My entire life, since I was two years old, people have been talking about we're going to be all electric cars and solar mm-hmm. power. And it, it hasn't really come to what people imagined it would. Not that the technology wasn't there in, in a lot of cases or couldn't be there. It's just that you had an entire behavioral change. That was attached to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when 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 the iPhone came on, uh, it was an evolution. It wasn't a behavioral change. It was an evolution. Um, you know, you look at something like um, uh, augmented reality. I think that's evolutionary because the iPhone is more about controlling the world with your fingers, and augmented reality is about controlling the world with your eyes. I think that's evolutionary. But if you look at something like cars which I'm very bearish on. And I'm not bearish on from a technology standpoint. I'm bearish because it's going to require a real serious behavioral change in people. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, what businesses, they make huge mistakes all the time where they look at technology first and they don't look at psychology. Psychology is more important than technology. We can build technology easier than we can change people's behaviors. And I would think if you're going to have the next great technology, you must step back and look at, is this something people adopt to? I mean, crypto is a great example. I don't know the answer to that question yet, but are people going to really adopt to crypto? Um, there's a lot of people on both sides of, of, that, of that debate. Um, it's an adoption issue more than it's a technology issue. Um, politics is a, is, is a, is a different you know, animal altogether because politics doesn't live in the future and, and politics doesn't really live in the past. Politics lives in the moment and politics, um, never rarely leads. I, I hate when I hear our politicians are our leaders yep. because they're not our leaders. Um, there are people who react to whatever is in the moment. Um, and you know, we, we, they shut down government only to see that it could be shut down again in three weeks. Um, the world, politicians live in the moment. They live by their latest soundbite. They live by polls. 
Uh, they live by rehearsed talking points in front of mirrors. Um, they, they, they don't look a year or two years or let alone 10 years ahead. Um, it's not, it's not in their mindset. Um, and there's reasons for that. There's structural reasons. There's, I'm not going to, you know, play into, we can talk to or blue in the face on campaign sure, five sure. and things like that. And, you know, should the house of representatives not be elected every two years, but every four years. So you're not always in this election cycle. There are structural reasons that you can point to, but, but, but politics is never leading. It's never looking toward something. It's reacting to something. That's an interesting point. I think like every once in a while I'll get a, I'll interview somebody, uh, maybe a CEO or somebody who is essentially reactive. You can tell that they're not, they don't have, they don't have a, a longer view. And I think that's a certain, I think that's a certain personality type. But then you got a guy like, I don't know, Bill Gates or uh, Bezos or Elon Musk or any number of uh, forward thinking intelligence CEOs that I've talked to. Bree Pettis is, comes to mind. Uh, he's the, uh, the founder of MakerBot. Uh, these guys are thinking, these guys pause for a minute and they take a, they take a, I don't know, two week vacation up in a cabin somewhere and read a bunch of books and then come back with a new idea. Um, do we need more of that in politics? Do we need more of that in general? And how can we, how can we build that sort of, that sort of, um, non-reactionary, um, personality into the institutions that matter? It's funny. Jack Welch used to say you have two eyes. And one eye is used for today, and one eye is used for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 I think you know, in in politics, I, I do I believe people go in for the right intentions. I think they do, but I think when they get in there, and this is I'm speaking more Washington than I am in sure. at the, the state level where I I've represented. You know, they're forced to um, do two things that don't allow them to look to the future. Number one, they have to raise money and you raise money on the present. Mm -hmm. And number two, they're forced to acquiesce to the fringe side of, of, you know, whichever party they represent. And that fringe is, is oftentimes, most times not looking to the future either. Um, and, and what happens is this middle 80% of America, and I'm going to call it the pragmatic side, for whatever reason, doesn't engage themselves in the voting booth. Um, who, who goes out? Who's the loudest? Who's the? Who are the ones that are the that spend the most amount of time and effort, and they have the most of the ear uh, of their electeds? It's those kind of irrational individuals um, who who just are thinking issue in the moment, and uh, until until the middle 80% starts engaging itself the way the fringes do. And I'll respect the fringes for engaging themselves. I don't want to, you know, let, let, let's give them credit where credit is due. Uh, how come the rest of America doesn't follow their lead, but just within their own vision of what they think the country should be. And, and it, 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 there's all kinds of reasons and, and books should be written about it. It's all psychological, obviously. And it comes down to, so much so, you know, my kid at the soccer field is more important than, you know, the vote my elected is taking today. Uh -huh. That's of America. But that's not the fringe side that tends to tends to drive uh, tends to drive our elections in the middle of America. When I say the middle, I don't mean the middle of the country, the middle 80 percent, the pragmatist right, uh -huh. left, center. Um, if, until they start engaging themselves, they need to force change. And I'm not sure how to do that. But but the answer lies within that world. 
Interesting. Interesting. Well, we're uh, we're just about out of time. Why don't you tell us uh, the book? The book's available right now, right? It just uh, just came out. The book came out today. Um, again, I know this is going to be delayed, so it's it's out January twenty uh, third. Mm-hmm. Called We Were Yahoo. You can buy it obviously on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles. Uh, during the month of February, it should have the front table of Barnes and Nobles. It'll be in um, um, the Hudson News, for example, across America mm-hmm. in the airport. It'll have a lot of distribution attached to it. Um, and I would ask that everyone pick up and buy it. I think there's some surprises in there um, that uh, go beyond Yahoo, Google, and Facebook. And um, please, please read it. I think you'll enjoy it. Has anyone uh, interviewed the the cowboy that goes Yahoo in the commercials? Did they ever do that? Oh, no. That's, no. <laughs> you know, it's my my first job was at an ad agency. We did the time to make the donut commercials. <laughs> okay. that, I always have that in my head. Wow, wow, wow. All right. That'd be great. All right. Well, ne- next next book can be uh, can be all about the uh, the catchphrases that, uh, that drove us nuts for the, for the past 20 years. Uh, insanity. insanity. <laughs> Jeremy Ring, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate it. This has been Technotopia. I'm John Biggs. We will see you next week. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com